0: Hello everyone. I'm very honored to have Renata Karkova, also known as Sorenatic on Instagram. She's the fashion director of Tatler Russia. I met Renata a few years ago through mutual friends and we became friends immediately. Even back then I was fascinated by her creativity and freedom she expresses not only in her styling but just simple everyday life. Thank you very much Renata for being here with us today.
1: Hi, thank you for the introduction.
0: Thank you, it's very true. Uh, many of our listeners want to be in your shoes and have the job you have. You are a fashion stylist and fashion director of Tatler Russia. I want to ask you, how does one get to where you are? And could you tell us a little bit about your career progression?
1: I started as a fashion assistant at Harper's Bazaar, Russia. When I just graduated from my university, I had to miss uh, the whole party because I was working. And um, after three months, uh, I got promoted to be a fashion coordinator at the same edition. And uh, after one year, I think I left uh, to become a fashion editor at Elle Deluxe magazine. Used to be some kind of uh, chic, social-oriented, culture-oriented, luxury-oriented, Magazine uh, close to L, it was L Group, and I became a fashion editor there. But I was the only person responsible for fashion, so it meant uh, I became like quite almost a fashion director there. After that, uh, I went to study in London at Central St. Martin's College of Art, and I think uh, for me it was a very important point because. I realized who I am as a stylist and I always wanted to be a stylist because I, I was proposed even in Harper's Bazaar to to be a producer or to be a market editor, which I can do and I still do. I mean, I have many skills, but th- that was never my focus. I, was, I always wanted to be creative and to work in creative field, even if uh, my work now Needs organizational skills as well, requires. So basically, when I came back from London, I started to work in Grazia as a junior fashion editor. And for me, it was never a question of uh, the title. I would always choose a team that I want to work with. The fashion director there, uh, Svetlana Tanakina, was, uh, and she's still one of the most influential and most talented stylists in Russia. She, after that, she she was a senior fashion editor at Vogue. And so I really wanted to work with her. And um, after that, I went to work at Elle as a senior fashion editor and I spent there six years. And uh, it was very, very intense time because I, I was, uh, doing, I think five, six, seven shoots in in a month, and I would have my own column writing about new designers, interviewing new designers, new brands, new fashion trends. It was uh, like a spy fashion spy column under my name, and also I would be doing like really big interviews with all the designers. So I was quite busy there. <laughs> And uh, then I left, I spent a little bit of time on a freelance, working with celebrities, many other magazines, online magazines, working on the videos with Vogue, niche magazines online as well. And it was also very, very intense time. I wouldn't say yes to any project that was popping up uh, in front of me, but there were so many possibilities. And uh, it was very very interesting times as well. So I tried myself in different fields and then I was doing some fashion shoots as a freelance um, in New York for Tuttler. And then they asked me to join them as a fashion director. So (laughs) it's quite a long journey, but definitely very exciting.
0: (laughs) Exactly. I wanted to ask you that because obviously you didn't get here overnight. You are very, very young and at your age to have the not just the title, the position that you have is actually not something you see every day. And as I said, I know even when we met in Paris, I know from, you know, as your friend that you didn't get to where you are overnight and it wasn't a, let's say an easy journey. You said that you started at Harper's Bazaar. Uh, For example, for someone who wants to get into fashion, was that through connections did you just apply how did it happen
1: yeah it was through the connections because i i was always uh fond of working the magazines and even at school i was working at the magazine as an intern another one yes like a teenager magazine and uh, i think my one of my friends she was an assistant at beauty department so when i was studying the university she sent me an interview So I got this interview at Harper's Bazaar, but I didn't get this job. So after after one year, again, the same position popped up. And uh, again, I applied to it. And this is when my fashion director at the time said, well, if she still wants to do it after one year, then we have to accept her. She has a real (laughs) desire, you know, to work there and this is how it happened. But I think now working as a fashion director, it became very, way more easier because many people, they just send me direct messages on Instagram. It's very easy to find my personal email. Uh, we have uh, our corporate website where you can apply. But actually, I just, for example, I just recruited one of uh, fashion editors for my own department at and uh, I was interviewing different people and my HR department, they never sent me his portfolio, but he just messaged me on Instagram saying, I'm sorry to disturb you, but I was afraid if you haven't received my application. So this is it. And I went through it and now he's working as my fashion editor. So now I think it's really, really easy to get the job you dream of.
0: Yes, and it's about persistency, just like you are describing. Um, What was your big career break? Well, I don't know. I spend a lot of time on my uh,
1: self-improvement and I'm very, very focused on it. So I consider my career break was when I stopped being nervous during the shoot, when I stopped being uh, anxious on the shoot and... uh, i worked on it uh, with my co uh, through coaching sessions because you know our fashion industry is is an industry of talented and creative people so we get everything personally we are very much anxious we are so uh, often insecure yes <laughs> and uh, i think it it actually influence in a bad way your work, what you're doing, the the result of your creative process. So I wanted to get rid of it. And uh, I remember the first shoot when I was very calm and focused and everything went like so smoothly. And it was one of my really, really important shoots. I shot Alessandro Ambrosio for a cover story in LA at James Goldstein house. And the story was dedicated to a soccer championship that uh, world championship that was held in Russia. And I shot it with Zoe Grossman and this story actually catapulted her also to the world she dreamt of as a photographer. She Now she's like a top photographer shooting all the VOGUEs and all the top girls. And uh, so it was very, very important uh, story. But me also, I was very nervous before I was going through, I don't know, like tons of vintage stores. I wanted that everything perfect. But on the shoot, I was super relaxed. I I knew what I'm doing. And even if we were turning left or right in terms of styling or shots, it was very easy. And um, since then, everything changed for the process. I was, and I still going through. And I think that the result that I'm delivering every time after each shoot also became way way better
0: that's amazing that's amazing because (laughs) uh, it just shows you uh, you know i i I find your answer very interesting renata because when i ask you about career break the answer that you expect one would expect is has to do much more with uh, i achieved xyz but to you it's an internal achievement and i really love that Um, I think it is very important. The
1: way you work on yourself and this is what you receive afterwards.
0: Absolutely. (laughs) And in your career, have you faced uh, any setbacks and challenges and how did you manage to overcome them?
1: There was a lot of competition at the times when I worked at L. There were some colleagues that really wanted my job and even the industry was very toxic, I must say, especially if I have to compare what uh, we are experiencing now even with my because a lot of my best friends they're coming from the same industry and uh, a lot of my really really close friends they're stylists or photographers and models and if I had to go back from like seven eight years ago it was really toxic and people were quite superficial and it was okay to still Um, your success or your things that you were proud of and or it was very common not to say thank you it was very common to underestimate your achievements but I think that it's very important to be humble and to be true and this is why all of my friends that I got uh, from 10 years ago seven years ago while they were climbing their fashion industry career stair they would still be, you know, normal people and very kind to each other. And this is why we got to have the real friendship and the real connection that you can, you know, text each other and say, well, I have this, would you mind to help me? And you would find a way. But getting back to those times, it was very, very toxic. And I think that the industry are doing so much improvement on that And I'm really happy that it changed. I think that I overcome it um, just working on myself and uh, with my friends. I tried to create my own community. Now I really have a a community of people who support you and praise you. And if you're doing something which is not good enough, they would always say you, but in a very ecological manner, which helps you to go forward and not to to be sorry for yourself, <laughs> this is you what mean? I think. What do you mean by community? I mean, people who support you in the industry and that become your friends, that you can share your values, your insecurities, or you can ask some questions to each other. For example, we can call each other and say, have you worked with this photographer? Is he good? What do you think we should do? Or, you know, suggest each other some talents and, Uh, exchange with the I don't know, references or with your knowledge all the time. If my best friend, she studied, I don't know, some uh, art and she would, you know, share with me her knowledge on this or if I studied, I don't know, like Jürgen Teller heritage and uh, he, I would exchange it with my friends who work in the same industry. It's, uh, this exchange is very, very important. I also think that you shouldn't take things personally in fashion. I think it's very, very crucial. If people doesn't reply to you, it doesn't mean because they don't want to reply to you because people go through uh, many things in their lives. Maybe they're focused on their family issues now, or maybe they're suffering from mental health issues. It can be as well, or maybe they're just busy, or maybe they're gonna reply to you when it will be a reply in an effective manner. Maybe probably they just don't know what to tell you now. And um, this is what I learned throughout my career. It's very important not to take things personally. And also, if people, they're nice to you because you have a title and tomorrow they're not nice to you because you don't have this title anymore. It's also, it's not because of you, it's because of them. This is also, I think, very important thing this is just uh, it's, it's a job it's a work we're not even if we become very close we used to travel together we used to i don't know have drinks together have breakfast together dance on the dance floor but in the end of the day this is just a job of course you can build some kind of friendship but it's not necessarily this is just a moment of your life you can't uh, demand a uh, real sincere uh, support from these people because this is what i also learned when i was in the freelance some people remained my friends or people who will still work with me or support me and some really disappeared and that's okay uh, you can judge them and you shouldn't be upset on about this this is how it is and i think it's totally fine
0: I love your vision of life. I really <laughs> love your outlook to life. It, really, it inspires me too, really. I mean it. Especially the part of not taking things personally. I'm still working on that. <laughs> I'm still working on this
1: too. And uh, it's, uh, it's, not, it's not easy, but actually it makes your life so, so much easier because I also started to put myself in the shoes of other people because how how many people can say she passed by she didn't say hi well i have minus two i can't really see yeah, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. You
0: know. I, I want to ask you about your creative process uh, You style shoots how for example how do you design a styling campaign a shoot for tatler russia could you take us through the process how does it work so for me,
1: um, it's uh, the mood board is very, very important. I'm very much focused on this. And uh, I think all the people who used to study the the San-, San Martins, they're obsessed with mood boards. I uh, I learned it uh, by interviewing so many uh, people who graduated it. And the uh, mood board, it's, uh, it's not the reference, oh, wow, I like this photo, I want to do the same. Of course not, never. I go through the pictures and uh, I started with the idea, like what do I really want? It comes everything from the inside. What is my outlook on the world? What kind of uh, trend and fashion I really like? What kind of collection I really liked? So I start with this and I, then I think of uh, what kind of woman or man, or I don't know, uh, inspire me and uh, what kind of woman I want to to present in this clothes or in this collections, what, what inspires me. For example, recently I did the shoot. Uh, I really like a red color mixed with um, reds, with all the tones of red and pink. I saw it on many, many collections in the pre-fall collections and even fall. And I like the mix of the different tones. So I was thinking, what is it to me, this mix? And uh, I was watching the sunset you know those uh, summer sunsets, where the sun is very, very red and then it suddenly becomes very pink and then all the clouds become very pink. So I wanted to shoot it on the seaside, uh, so I went to Kaliningrad, which used to be uh, Konigsberg. It's a Russian, uh, Russian region, uh, on the seaside, like very close to uh, Lithuania. And uh, we shot uh, during two sunsets and during the day as well. And, uh, you know, you have those beach roses, very pink, growing on this beach. This is what gave me inspiration. And I was looking at the works of many uh, women artists uh, who use a lot of red and painting with red and pink. It's, It's very... This mix uh, is very feminine to me and feministic as well. Mm-hmm. So I really dig into my emotions into my own associations. It's like a, a mountain that i that I build, and then I put everything in the mood board, and then I share it with my photographer uh, that for example, recently I work a lot with her and she is also a woman. She also uh, works on that through her heart you know and uh, she's digging into herself into her own emotions. so i think that it's very important to use your emotional intellect and a lot of empathy because this is why when you create a content after that you will engage more people with your content because you have created it putting so much emotion into it and even if if it doesn't show like directly like in the image you have created as a creative, like when it touches you on an emotional level, you will still bring um, this idea to other people. That's what I, I don't know if I explained it correctly, yeah. like if you understood what I was Absolutely. talking about.
0: <laughs> uh, I'm curious to know how you choose which designers to include in a shoot. How does that process work? For example, if I want to get my, if I am a designer who makes jewelry, Uh, How can I get my jewelry brand to be in your photo shoot?
1: Well, jewelry, like the real fine jewelry, uh, it's uh, very, there are a lot of competition because most of the jewelry brands, they are really advertisers. Mm -hmm. So it's not very easy to include some fine jewelry which are not your advertisers because there's so, so many. But I think that maybe something more into fashion like something, like for example, uh, if it is something that nobody does, or like nose piercing, for example, or some headpieces which are not to be found in many fine jewelry brands like classic, for example. Good example is Masica. If we're talking about fine jewelry, they are big advertisers, but then they do, you know, some kind of indian inspired uh, nose piercing or ear piercings or even headbands Uh, uh, they're really doing so many interesting pieces which are not uh, very common this is what you can do when you're doing the fine jewelry and if you do just the custom jewelry i think that also i think you need to be relevant you need to really feel what people want and Uh, what would be something you need to stand out. I think that you should be true to yourself and you should be very aware of what other people are doing. You need to be humble and grateful as well. Uh, I'm not very fond of people who always blame others for having uh, connections or anything. Fashion was always like, I don't know, it's the same with acting. People are coming from the families they're born with it, being already in the fashion industry, and that's totally okay, because they can be, by 20, having this kind of visual heritage. They were seeing so many stuff already, you know, when they were growing up. So they really have an eye on it, and that's okay. You can't compete with them, but you can have your own artistic vision. I think you need to be relevant. You need to understand what's going on, what is, uh, what are the social issues, And you need to work as an artist like this. And with the designers, um, I usually choose something that resonates with my values. Uh, I always choose with something that I believe is uh, new and something that stands out. And of course I have my own taste in it. I really like uh, when it's done with the respect for a woman and for her body, even if it is reworked or anything. And for me, um, the picture is very, has to be full, you know? I'm not gonna shoot like white t shirt with the best trousers. It's good to buy, but it's not enough for my fashion content.
0: Who are your favorite designers? Well, now I'm,
1: I'm very, very much uh, inspired by. Uh, Kasek at Walder, at Mugler. I really love him. Uh, I think he's great and it's uh, it's a great mix. He's, I think he's commercially successful. He digs into DNA of the brand and it's still very new and sexy and relevant. I love uh, Nancy Dejaga, Dejaga, um also very sexy 90s style. Uh, I love Ottolinger. I love Ira. Which is actually a fine jewelry brand from Italy. Which one is I it? I don't know. Ira. Ira. Yes, they do. They have this kind of uh, earrings, and uh, of course, they they are very famous for those for, for yeah. the earrings. They are with the animal with the neon colors, for example. You can buy Mona earring, and you can yeah. buy a pair. And they have many things.
0: I R A.
1: E E. R-A.
0: Okay, I haven't heard of it. That's why I was curious. <laughs> <laughs>
1: uh, it's an Italian brand. Yeah, of course, I love Alessandro Rich for many, many years. Yes. But I, and, uh, mostly as a customer. I don't know. I'm, I'm looking at what uh, new designers are doing for big brands. If uh, there are some big brands that I really like. I think, yeah, Bottega Veneta is uh, still very good. <laughs> even if it is super commercially successful, I like how he's still, how he's still creative. Uh, I love many Russian brands now, like young Russian brands. I buy from them a lot and I shoot them a lot. I like that many brands, even Dolce & Gabbana, they started to look into their 90s collections and uh, starting to, to bring it back to the catwalk, the things that I grew up with. into in in 2000 for example they started to do it again so i think the collections are great there are definitely many and uh, i like how now uh, no one cares about the seasons
0: yes they're
1: like this is just a collection uh actually one of my favorites is wardrobe nyc and it's created by Kristen Santonera, and it's so good i think it's of course, it's very good uh, from the client point of view, but I think it's even very good in the editorials. So also very inspiring. I love what uh, women designers do, even, you know, Totem. Everyone is obsessed with this, mm-hmm. or Kate, or Gabriela Hurst. Yes. All those brands created by women, and women, they're really buying this stuff, but at the same time, it's very editorial-worthy. This is a real good example.
0: I agree. I was just at a conference uh, of FT with Gabriella Hurst, and I had the chance to listen to her speak. She's very impressive, and uh, I'm sure you also are. You are now also seeing we all are how sustainability is becoming incredibly important, and it's something that uh, luxury brands, fashion brands, cannot ignore anymore. And that's uh, the future. I mean, even she was saying in her interview, we have to be sustainable. There is no choice. So what's your opinion about sustainability and fashion? Well, I definitely
1: support Gabriele in this. I was speaking a lot about what she has been doing. And uh, when I worked as a consultant for one of uh, local brands, that's what we were doing the same, exactly the same way. We were buying some fabrics. Uh, some left-outs from uh, Italian fabrics or even French fabrics. They were beautiful silks and cashmere and um, wool, you know, that were left by Lorepiana, by Hermes, by even like Nripucci and uh, I don't know, Keaton. And we were buying those left-outs and producing the new garments. And I think this is such a simple but brilliant idea. We have so many fabrics. Why would we need every season, the new one? And actually I was at the online presentation of Alexander McQueen Fall collection yesterday and they did the same. They used left out uh, fabrics from the previous collection, the new collection. I think it's very, very simple and it's really brilliant. And I also, I watch and I support and buy some uh, collections, things from this kind of brands as yeah. which now yeah. they just sold, they have so many sustainable. Uh, it's actually the brand who are not only um, using those new technologies, but they're actually developing and investing in all those technologies. And like Flower Down, they use. Uh, flowers uh, instead of uh, feathers uh, for their down jackets or there is vea if i pronounce it right they do sneakers yes of course also from echo leather or it's not even the leather left out from fruits uh the same as pangai they use grape uh grape leather and uh, i i really watch for this and I think it's, uh, I, I agree totally with Gabriela. I think this is what we can not say, I like it or not, you should do it. And also I'm uh, very focused on how people and how me, myself and people I work with, how do we consume? I think we should buy, we should invest in creative and talented product. I think we should, be very aware of what we are buying this is why i suggest to people and to my friends to photograph each piece of their clothing and put it on a library on dropbox like buy i don't know jackets trousers uh shoes you know and then every time you want to buy another pair of jeans just go on your online library on dropbox and see how many jeans do you really have and uh, all all i have just filmed my video lectures for example mm, they're going to be under paywall with tuttler uh, one is dedicated to wardrobe where i also speak about uh, maria kondo style That one in one out very important and uh, you know that second hand now is also booming and i do it as well For example, even, and I don't really sell uh, my own stuff for for a very high amount of money. It's just the idea that this is a very beautiful dress. I wore it only once. I don't think that me and this dress will match each other in my now uh, today life. So I really give it away uh, for like $100, even if I paid uh, $1,000 or even more for it. But the idea that there is a girl that will really enjoy this dress instead of me and that this dress will bring her you know really great moments or this is what fulfills me and i think this is an exchange and it helps our planet and this is just very conscious way of consuming and very conscious way of living your life in the end
0: i i think this is a good I mean, first of all, I love your idea about dropping. I'm going to do that. You know, I I just finished reading a a very interesting report, which the co-founder of Positive Luxury, Daniela Nieto is her name. She did this. It's called Lux 2030, and it looks about sustainability in in 10 years to come. And according to their report, 40 percent of the luxury brands business is going to come from resale, from renting, and uh, even like uh, mending. And that to me is incredible. I think it's, uh, you know, the younger generation, actually you are part of it, I think you are Gen Z. (laughs) But the younger Mm -hmm. generation's impact on luxury brands because they make them accountable. They make them be accountable. Pay attention to sustainability. and uh, this is changing the entire industry and it was I think I would say, in my opinion, pandemic accelerated it because people really started to take time to be still and to look at become much more conscious, to look at what we are doing, what we can change. It basically gave us no option but to be sustainable, to be more mindful, to be much more conscious. So my next question <laughs> will be just to change the, the topic a little bit, but uh, in the beginning, I said to you, what advice would you give to fashion designers uh, who are just getting started? And uh, how can they get noticed by fashion stylists and editors? How can they be in the pages of uh, of Tatler, let's say?
1: I will say uh, you need to be true to yourself. Uh, you need to not to think about uh, about the limits because people they usually put a lot of limits like oh there's not gonna sell or maybe it's too much or maybe it's too cre- creative I think you should be free in expressing yourself mm-hmm. they're gonna be people who will come and then put a box on your diamond uh, you know like uh, they will made from raw diamond uh, shaped diamond any- anyway so you shouldn't yourself from from dreaming and from creating at the same time you can really really look at what other people are doing afterwards and um, i think you should analyze yourself that's what also i'm doing all the time uh, it's like you're seeing a lot of lot of stuff and you ask yourself all the time do you like it or not why so it will help you to understand what you really want and uh, what is your aesthetics And I think to get noticed is very easy now. It's just you create a page uh, on Instagram. You express yourself on Instagram. You create your own uh, world uh, through the Instagram stories or even TikTok. And I really, really believe if you're doing the great stuff, people are going to notice you. Because actually, there is a lot of, of course, there's a lot of competition. There are a lot of people doing so much stuff. But. There are not so many people who are doing something new or extraordinary, I must say. And we are continuing uh, continuing looking uh, for young and talented designers and creatives. And also, if you think that this celebrity or this stylist would really love it, you just send the direct messages or you tag this person on Instagram. I think that's all right as well but if you think that uh, rihanna should like your product you should really be aware of what rihanna likes probably you can create something for her specially, and just send an instagram message uh, to her stylist or to her per- personally or to tag her or you know you can work on your media content just to make it more viral so it's all about creativity and i think with all the platforms that uh, we have now, it became easier than before.
0: That is very true. So we are coming to the end of our uh, little chat. And once again, thank you very much for being the guest and taking the time uh, to be with us here today. I have uh, one question uh, that I ask every single guest. It's this one, if you could go back in time and have coffee or tea with your 18 year old self, what advice will you give her?
1: Uh, Never stop dreaming. Uh, Never surround yourself with people who do not match your values. Never limit yourself in anything. Just do whatever you think is right and uh, do whatever you want. (laughs) This is what I I would always do. Even if people say, no, it's not possible. I I never believe them. I think everything is possible
0: said it before i love your outlook to life and the advice that you give you would give to your 18 year old self as your friend i can tell you you are you have done it and uh, you inspire you inspire many many other people and i really thank you for for the talk today
1: thank you so much for inviting me.